You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. I imagine Charlotte Hornets fans are a bit conflicted for today's episode. You see that team last night, James Borrego implementing yet a different type of rotation, sitting Nick Batum on the bench at least to start the game, starting Dwayne Bacon. So it seems like Borrego, even though he's put so many rotations out there, you had no clue if we were tanking, at least for the little bit of this, at least at the beginning of this game. Mm -hmm. But then they end up winning the game, Nada, and you do have Billy Hernan Gomez get significant time. You have Malik Monk get significant time. So Fire Friday beginning with the young dudes playing for you today, Nada. Fire Friday, I am befuddled, I am confused, I am <laughs> excited at the same time, and I am feeling bad for Nick Batum because you know what's going to end up happening? Like, Dwayne Bacon's going to play so well in his last 11 games that there are going to be calls for him to start, and I'm not sure that's the best thing for him going forward. And Dwayne Bacon, not exactly the greatest game for him last night, just one of eight from the field, but it had been somebody that had been taking advantage of an opportunity since being in the G League back and forth. So many of those emails that you get telling us that Dwayne Bacon is going to go down to the G League and he is going to get called back up because it's a transaction every single time it happens. Yes, exactly. I love to look at Mitch Kupchak's basketball reference page. So when they go to the executive reference page, when you look at some of the things they do, it has all of the transactions actions and so it has all of the thing I'm pretty sure it's on this website where I think it's basketball reference where it has every single time Dwayne Bacon is called up back and forth from the G League to the NBA and vice versa so it's hilarious to see but it has proven I think beneficial to him but not a, the, the real storyline here is, look, and I tweeted this out yesterday. I didn't know if the Hornets were tanking yet. Everybody seemed to be running with that. And that's where everybody had to be leaning because yeah. you start Dwayne Bacon. It's the only thing that makes sense. And they put Malik Monk back in, which he had seen stretches in the him, first quarter, in I the might add. Very first quarter, back to where his original slot was, right? Like yeah. at the end of the first quarter, you give him some run. Um, and then for me, Billy was the confirmation. Like as soon as you started to put Billy in early, even with Cody Zeller being out, that's the confirmation. So not let's take a look at what the young guys did last night miles bridges played the most of what you would consider the young guys at Mm -hmm. 30 minutes five of eight from the field looked good hit a three-pointer for you had 11 points got 12 rebounds it was his first double double on his birthday no less happy birthday to miles bridges Dwayne doesn't have all that much of an efficient night but does give you five assists five rebounds plays 19 minutes frank kaminsky gives you eight minutes but continuing to look at some of the younger ones Devonte graham 13 mm-hmm. minutes five points five assists in just 13 minutes one of three from the field nice to see him distribute like that and then malik monk that's got to be the story i think for most of these guys it, it's somebody that you've invested in the number 11th overall pick a couple of years ago it, it's he seemed to have the best star power out of anybody the highest potential star power we've talked about him on this show lately a lot he finally gets in and you know what? He plays well, 5 of 10, 4 of 7. Still some defensive deficiencies that you saw yesterday against Minnesota. Of course. But at least he gave you 14 at a very good clip. You're fine with what he did last night. you got to be fine with what he did last night. The big thing, though, and this is something that he's not going to be able to work on this season, but a summer, he's got to hit the weights, man. Like He's that- so tiny. Yeah. He's a tiny dude. And the NBA does a phenomenal job of putting weight on people. And it might take some time for Malik. He is only 21, as we've discussed before. But God, he's tiny. He's tiny. And he's not strong enough to get to the bucket, to finish games, to do to, to finish moves, 
to defend, to keep defenders in place. There are certain subtleties to this game where strength matters, and the fact that he does not have functional strength, even at this point, is somewhat alarming, and it's a detail that he's going to have to button down. But other than that, shooting five for ten from three, from three, four, four from seven from three, I'm I'm happy with everything he did last night. The only concern I have is can he sustain this? Can he keep this going forward? And instead, like next year, because he's gonna have a role next year on some team. Can he keep this going into the season, have a positive season going forward? Absolutely. Just mental health-wise, right? Is this somebody that can at least end the season on a good note like he did last year? Then that would be good for him. I think as far as our evaluation goes, we talked about it, I think, at about the three-quarter point in the season, maybe even halfway, where Malik Monk needs to show you consistency, but in meaningful games. Yes. And he's not playing meaningful games right now. And so even if he puts these numbers up every single game the rest of the way, it's still going to be fair to question, as much as I don't want to slam the door on him, it's still going to be fair to question that Malik Monk hasn't put these numbers up in meaningful games. I think you do have to consider these as empty stats right now. I mean, they're they're yeah. they're important to his development. I, I'm, I want him to be good, but they're not for meaningful games. They're three games out, and it doesn't mean that they're mathematically eliminated, but they're eliminated. They're not going to make it, and so I'm glad that he did this. I hope he continues it at the end of the season to get some kind of confidence. It's still fair to question, and it's, fair, it's still fair to not change your evaluation on him because this is a small sample size where the games just don't mean anything anymore. No, and I, I completely agree with you. It's one of those situations where he's not going to stop you from making a trade. Exactly. Yes. He's not going to. He is now, I would call the grape Jolly Rancher. Like what he's doing, <laughs> his numbers are grape Jolly Ranchers. They're fine in a pinch. But if we're talking about doing anything of significance or like expecting anything of significance, it's not a cherry Jolly Rancher. The, is that the best one? Yes. Blue raspberry's got to be the best, right? That's the. Uh, you, you're are saying, you kidding me? You're saying cherry is better than blue raspberry? Yes. Blue raspberry is basic. I mean, I, I just feel like that's what everybody wanted. I'll tell you, my favorite were the blue raspberry. Jolly Rancher, man, if you had those in elementary school and middle school, and that was the that was the cream of the crop candy-wise as far as just the easy things that teachers would hand out. No. A small aside, I was talking to a college basketball writer today, and that person had told me that Jolly, that Reese's candy eggs, like the Reese's eggs, like the Easter eggs, Reese's peanut butter cups, uh-huh. were better than the Jolly Rancher, and I almost had a conniption. See, I, I love, people love Reese's. People will fight you if you say that Reese's aren't good, and they're great, man. I actually, they're great. I think I've got a jar at home filled with those little eggs that you're talking about right now. I'm just discussing when I was a kid, because they're so easy to hand out. When you got yeah. to the prize box, and there was a whole bunch of candy in there, maybe you had your Starburst in there, your individual pieces there, you had maybe the small, the Smarties, of course. That, of course. Was, that was like your basic, right? Yeah. Like, Smarties are the generic one, where they're okay, I and mean, I'm, I'm going to eat them. I'm going to get excited, and I'm going to eat them, but let me find a Blue Raspberry Jolly rancher in there and i will be the happiest kid that day i i am i am so disappointed but i'm not shocked cherry is good too cherry I, is the best one and it's not close it's, walker it, it's not the best it is it is good no i, I would eat no. i would eat all the cherry jolly ranchers you gave me is there a pink lemonade one or am i making that up no there was a pink lemonade one but God, again that's great too man. but again there's nothing like the joy and you've got to be as of a certain age to enjoy this one. <laughs> oh you're gonna pull the wise card on yes <laughs> i'm going to pull this one there's nothing like the joy of getting those like you had a dollar, those Jolly Ranchers, those long Jolly Ranchers sticks 
with a just straight cherry. Now, granted, you could possibly choke and die, but at the same time... That's the risk you were willing to take. (laughs) That's the risk you were willing to take for all that flavor. It's Lockdown Hornets presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. It's a Fire Friday. We got Nada in here. You can find him on Twitter at NadaTheScribe. I'm on Twitter at WalkerMail. You can find Doug, who is out for the day, not feeling well, at DougBransonLOH. We'll come back, maybe a little bit more of the Minnesota recap and take a look into some of the stats that happened last night, maybe some of the game flow stuff. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. And just that I showed any kind of vulnerability, well, yeah, I just, think not is just going to jump. You are the over. gazelle limping <laughs> through the African <laughs> safari. I'm in the mud. I'm in I'm in some sticky yeah, mud. You are the hippo stuck in the mud. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm about to just get destroyed by Nas or by Nas. <laughs> by Nas. <laughs> by Nas. He's going to come out with me a rap battle. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Feeling confused here today with the Hornets' victory because it probably is better for them to lose at this point. Uh, I think we can have the tanking conversation at the beginning of the season, whatever. You know, it's it's a team full of veterans, and I, I don't want to get into all of that, but yes. it is conflicting today because the one time where winning was not your number one goal, right? Like it was getting the young guys playing time. That was your number one goal, and that's the game, of course, that you win. Yes, exactly. But here's the thing. I'll value development and a potential win over sure. development and a loss because at this point, you're really playing for percentage points. That's really all you're doing. You're playing for percentage or you're losing for additional percentage points. And considering that the number one pick is only taking what, 14%? Like it's 14%. You have a 14% chance at the number one pick no matter what. I love how Doug's not here today, but he did help us by putting a lot of information in he the did. rundown. And so one of the things that I find funny is he puts Carl Anthony Towns quote in here about the Hornets defending him. And Kat says, quote, they were throwing three guys at me on the pass. So I was just trying to make plays, just being aggressive at that end. They're guarding me different. They're guarding me with a lot of respect. So I've got to go out there and make plays. And I think there was one moment, I think at the beginning of the game, I think it was in the first quarter where Carl Anthony Towns catches the ball in the post. And I think Del Curry, by the way, did an excellent job of illustrating this. He mentioned that Dwayne Bacon probably tipped his hand a little early that he mm-hmm. was going to leave his guy and go at Carl Anthony Towns on the post. And Cat made a great read, hit a Kogi for a dunk on the baseline. And I thought Del Curry did a good job of illustrating that. But that's the kind of thing that Cat is talking about here, throwing all of these guys at him. And Dwayne Bacon, again, maybe tipped his hand a little early, but that's the the developmental stages that he's going through right now but also I, I love the thing about Doug getting back to Mr. Doug Branson himself after that quote he puts do we have to give props to JB on the game plan question mark like Doug that was hard for him to type out I don't think he wants to do that a whole I lot. mean he's sick and then on top of that <laughs> he's true. got to like literally bring something nice to say about JB out of there like that had to be hard that had to be harsh and I don't want to paint this picture that Doug is a huge James Borrego hater he's not a James Borrego hater but we've had our questions about his ability to adapt to changes throughout the season I think the one thing that it's showing though this year as we keep going Borrego has an easier time relating to younger guys on this roster outside of maybe Malik but the younger guys that we see 
he seems to have found strategies to adapt to them. And that makes me wonder how many of these veterans are going to be on this roster come this summer. Well, I, I think that's a good point. And even if you haven't seen the development from some of these guys in a way that you've wanted to see, that is a fair criticism. I do think you're right in that he relates to them better. I think you would characterize Borrego as a player's coach. Am yes. I wrong in saying that? No, I don't think you're I don't think you're wrong, but I think you have to be a player's coach in the NBA. And, and but the and here's the thing, I don't think I would characterize Steve Clifford as that though, right? Like I don't, I don't No, think, I would. You would characterize would. him as a Steve I absolutely Clifford. would. And and I love Steve Clifford and so does Kimba, but I don't think it's not one of those coaches that everybody is in love with him. I think when you talk about a player's coach, like who who are the players coaches? Like Doc, Doc. Rivers is is a player's coach that everybody discusses. You know, I think yeah. I don't think you hear a whole lot of problems as far Pop, as his relationship. Maybe, yeah, that's the th- right. Like, how? Where is your definition of a player's coach? I do think whatever that is. As Dwayne tr- Casey is another one that comes to mind too. Sure, and, and I think when we try to find what coaches you put in that realm, Borrego fits there. And the problem is you got to have the development with it. And yeah, you know, one year. You know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of seasons, but we'll see uh, exactly that relatability, how that translates to development. I do think that this was a good game plan, though. Hell, they got to win, man. Congratulations. You know, they got they got a freaking win. And we kind of it, it was nice to at least see even if you wanted them to lose. I, I The thing is, I don't care. Like I said, I just don't care anymore about yeah. whether wins or losses, how these kids look, how, what can they take into the summer to improve? That's the only thing that anybody should care about because, again, this is percentage points and they're most likely picking in the 8, 9, 10 region anyway at this point. So when you look at what JB said after the game, he had some quotes about Nick Batum sitting the bench. And then you look at Dwayne Bacon starting in his place. Borrego said, quote, right now I'm taking it game by game. And tonight with Michael Kidd Gilchrist out, by the way, again, that was the third concussion that he suffered recently. Um, Not recently, I should say. Uh, Rick Bennell tweeted this out as I look it up here. I know that was a lot of concussions that he suffered. That was the third one that he suffered in seven seasons. Thank you, to, uh, according to Rick Bennell. So a lot, you know. That, that's a decent amount uh, for seven seasons. Yeah, it, it is. And so MKG was out. But anyways, getting back to the quote, um, right now I'm taking it game by game. And tonight with MKG out, I wanted to see what Nicholas looked like with the second unit and to see him at some with the four that unit at, at, at the four position, I should say, with uh, that unit. And he also said, we're trying to win games. This isn't throwing the towel. We're out of the playoffs. There isn't any of that going on right now. Number one, we're going after every single win. But I wanted to take a look at some different combinations and some different bodies out there. And that's what you got to say. That that's code. You that, can break it that's down. That's great coach speak right there. It, it is. It's fantastic coach speak. It also means that, yeah, our main priority is getting the young guys out there and watching them develop. And so you hear it from Borrego trying to hide his best efforts, you know, his best efforts to try to hide exactly what's going on out there. And he should. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it's probably not the greatest thing in the world to go out there and say, yeah, we don't really care. We're just trying to develop young guys. I mean, I I guess not. It'd be nice to hear some honesty, but whatever. I don't have any problem with Borrego saying what he did. It just it just means this is going to be the direction they're heading at the end of the season. And that's fine because you know what? We can go through these games with no expectations of winning. We can go through these expect we can go through these games with just enjoying the ride, something that we probably should have been doing since February, if not sooner. Like, the expectation of playoffs was too much for this team to begin with, and some of us got caught up, mainly me. And Oh, I- hell, I got caught up. I, I think I think we all got caught up, Nada. I think 
I think this roster is good enough to make the playoffs. I, I thought it was, and and certainly not get beat out this badly. You know, I mean, I guess they're only three games back, but this is a team that should not have lost to the bottom dwellers that they did as frequently as they did. I, I'm with you. Maybe we got a little bit happy with some of the victories, the trophy wins that they had early on, their ability to at least stay 500. But that's a roster that probably should have made the playoffs. I don't. I don't think we have to push that to the side. I think. <sighs> I think if you run something back three straight years and just tinker with it at some point, I think that at the, that's like literally it, we're bordering on insanity because everybody knows that classic cliche. What's the definition of insanity? Trying yeah. something over and over again and getting the res- same results. I do wonder, though, like and this goes into what happens next year. And Lord knows we have tons of time to, to dissect that. But. I do wonder at some point what they're going to do in terms of how are we going to change this and break the cycle and give us something that is not the same old thing because they still got to sell tickets. Right now, if Kemba leaves, that strategy is going to get incrementally harder. (laughs) Well, and and you mentioned trying to change the roster. I think you do that with Kemba leaving, and I think that happens. And what's going to be interesting about this is – you heard Brian Windhorse or you read Brian Windhorse article on ESPN about the importance of the all NBA chase that is going on right now with some of the guys in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. You see um, guys that are trying to go after that last spot like a Clay Thompson. Yes. But also you have Bradley Beal, Kimba Walker in very similar situations, except Bradley Beal's numbers. They're just better for the most part across the board. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think Kimba gets it, it'll be interesting to see how Kimba goes after this because Kemba Walker still played 35 minutes last night. Like they're going after the young guys, but Kemba was right on pace with the minutes that he usually gets. And he goes, you see what uh, he does last night: 10 of 22, struggled from beyond the arc, did get to the foul line, scores 31 points, gives you six assists, five rebounds. I mean, that's a stat line where, hey, Kemba, he's going after it. He's trying to get that money, and I don't blame him. I mean, hell, we're talking about 30 million dollars, but it just seems like the coaching staff is on board with this as well, with Kemba getting 35. Well, it's kind of one of those things like you don't want to annoy Kemba Walker to the point where no, it's you don't. obviously right. like he's going <laughs> to leave. Like there's there's that part of this. But at the same time, Kemba I I love Kemba. I think this him stat chasing and stat hunting is basically one of those equivalents of if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there does it does it still fall? And 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 at the same time, I think that's the only way that he gets heard, right? I mean, him probably putting up big numbers is probably a better chance for him to get heard at this point in the season. Yeah, you've got to pay attention to winning game or winning teams at, in the course yeah, of exactly. overall. But at this point, this is probably what it's going to have to happen. And so Kimball Walker continuing to play 35. And I'm cool with this, by the way. I mean, this does not come at any criticism for me because also – I want to see Kimba play if it's the last 12 games of the year, right? Exactly. Of course, we, we want these moments. Hell, let let Kimba stat pad and let these younger guys get some good development. I, I'm all for this. I'm all for that. I'm, I'm, I'm also all for this after I saw what happened with Houston. Because, again, it was Kemba and the kids. And what happened? He had 40. The kids got development. <laughs> right. Now, granted, they, they were fought. blown. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They fought. They were blown out of that game awfully early. They still fought to come fight to come back. Mm-hmm. And it was still a good it was still a good experience because you're still learning. These kids are still learning and there's still a lot to learn for these kids going into the summer. 
Are we coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte? If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll talk about Classic Night happening on Saturday night. It's the last one of the season where they'll play the Boston Celtics. Should be a fun one this weekend. We'll talk about that on the next side, on the other side, I should say, of the break. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, (laughs) B shares batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. As I said before, it's going to be the last classic night of the year on Saturday, March 23rd. That'll be tomorrow. The Hornets will take on the Boston Celtics, and this game will mark, like I said, the eighth and final of Charlotte's classic nights this season honoring the team's 30th year anniversary. So the Hornets, they'll wear the throwback classic white uniforms and they'll play on the team's classic court, which was the design used at the Charlotte Coliseum from 1995 through 1997. And what's really cool about this night, even maybe more so than the other classic nights that you may have attended, as a part of this one, the Hornets will give away a commemorative t-shirt based off of the popular 90s video game, NBA Jam featuring legends Alonzo Mourning and Del Curry to the first 7,500 fans in attendance. So if you want a shot at that t-shirt, they did a media drop-off. It's freaking awesome. I love the t-shirt. Go make sure that you are one of the first 7,500 fans in attendance. And I don't want to promise this. I don't even want to say it, but hell, I'm just going to say it anyway. I think I might have maybe a couple of extra t-shirts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So whoa, whoa, if whoa. Nada doesn't cop them first, hold on, maybe hold on, we what? can hand one out. So I'm, I'm going to try to do that. I'm not promising anything, but I'm going to try to do that. And again, if you don't get them from me, don't take my word for it. Go to the game today. Go to the game, I should say, tomorrow, and make sure you get one of those. And real quickly, Nada, before you berate me, Swarm 365 memberships for the 2019-2020 season are also on sale now. Swarm 365 memberships start at $48 on average in the lower level and as low as $12 on average in the upper level to purchase tickets to this final classic night or for additional individual games and Swarm 365 memberships. Fans can call 704-HORNETS or visit Hornets.com. I did get to talk to Tim Kitzrow, of course. He is the voice of NBA Jam. We mm-hmm. did that wake up. Well, we did that interview on the wake-up call. Pretty cool to talk to the voice of NBA Jam. And those t-shirts, the game, it's all dope. First things first. You have extra t-shirts and you didn't <laughs> I think, hook, hook me up. I think. I don't know, though, because I don't know if I'm allowed to take them. They're kind of just – there was a media drop-off at the station. Okay. And there's a bunch of T-shirts laying around, and I think everybody has gone through them. Okay. And so I'm going to give them till today, right? This is the last day of the work week. Nobody's going to pick them up this weekend. I'll come in tomorrow. I'll come in Monday, and if they're still there Monday, then I'm going to cop one. You can call dibs on that one, and then yes. we'll try to give one out and see if uh, and see if I'm able to do so. D- damn right, because again, I love y'all. <laughs> y'all, ain't, y'all ain't getting any shirts before me. The only thing is, I think they're both larges. I don't know if that would That'll prohibit work. you or anybody else from really trying to win. We'll try to figure something out. We'll but, figure uh, something out. I, I I hope that I'm able to get these T-shirts. But NBA Jam, I mean, that if we're talking classic video games, NBA Jam is timeless. It is timeless. It is one of my favorite games. I used to always play with the Sonics 
Um, pay, big Peyton Kemp fan on that. Oh, the Sonics, man. The Sonics are my favorite team, e- even for 2K Classic teams when you can go yeah. back in the day. I love playing with the Supersonics. Gary Payton and Hersey Hawkins are absolutely lethal in the backcourt for some of those. Mm-hmm. But I think it was Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. That's a badass NBA Jam dude. That's, ba- ba- like, that's one of the greatest NBA Jam teams ever. So Plus, it's Coolio. It's Coolio. You do have Coolio tonight. I didn't even know Coolio was going to be here. I knew about this classic night the entire time. I did not know Coolio was going to be there. Everybody, of course, knows Gangsta's Paradise. Great song. But also, Coolio, the rapper of the theme song of Keenan and Kel. A fantastic Nickelodeon show back in the day. Wait, wait, wait. That's the only two songs everybody knows. Uh, Y'all should know Fantastic Voyage. I'm sure people know more than that. Rolling with the the Homies from Coolest is a great song. I'm I'm sure that we we can go down the list of good Coolio songs. I'm telling you, those are my two favorite. It's the theme song from Keenan and Kel, and it's Gangsta's Paradise. You un... Why do I record with you? I don't know. Why? I'm not even going to hit you on that one. I deserve to be called it just for making those Coolio references. But go out, check the game this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. And thank you guys for listening to us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. Hope you guys have a fabulous weekend. Enjoy watching the NCAA tournament games and maybe go check out that game with the Charlotte Hornets against the Boston Celtics and get you not his NBA Jam t-shirt. That'll be a cold day in hell.